The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial... G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. We're off to Brazil today, central Brazil, where Alvo Minerals is uh, working up a both a rare earths project and it's a Palmer VMS Copper Zinc project. The company trades under the code ALV at a last sale of 16 cents for a market cap of 15 million. And I'll just note there that the company IPO'd back in October 21, so it's uh, celebrating its birthday uh, next month. Uh, so it's got a tight uh, capital base, only 93.1 million shares out there, which explains uh, the modest market cap. Um, Gary Perra always likes companies with tight capital bases, particularly when they're active on the ground, and that's certainly what Alvo is up to. And to bring us up to speed on the uh, what's been happening at the Rare Earths Project and at Palmer, we have the Managing Director, Rob Smackman, with us today. Bon dia, Rob. How's it going? Bon dia, Garimpero. It's very nice to speak to you again. It's uh, you're, not, you're not the only Garimpero that I speak to, but uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure, Barry. G'day to all my uh, Garimpero cousins over there in Brazil. Now, Rob, uh, an interesting uh, stage for the company. Uh, floated on the Palmer asset, but you've added this uh, Blue Bush Rare Earths project. The... Rare Earths market is uh, turning, UBS uh, told me yesterday. Uh, it's had a, a shocking six months, but this uh, your Blue Bush project is really not a story of today. It's for the future for this uh, looming supply crunch that's coming in rare earth material, particularly the magnet metals. So bring us up to speed on what you've been doing at Blue Bush. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Well, I guess, you know, that. The market will be aware that we uh, we listed on the on the VMS the copper zinc project uh, back in October 21 and and just recently only two months ago we uh, we optioned up a project called Blue Bush which is um, you know might be seen as a bit of a departure from from the main asset but it's actually really uh, quite strategic for us because the the project sits right next door to our um, uh, to our VMS project so. You know, our geologists uh, have to make a decision in the morning whether they go left or right when they come out the gate, um, but they're about 10 k's apart. So, yeah, very, very handy location. Um, but even more importantly is that uh, Blue Bush sits on the same granite or great granite body that uh, the, the Tier 1 ionic clay project called Cerro Verde is as well. So... In terms of its strategy, in terms of its strategic location, it's uh, it couldn't be better placed because, you know, Cerro Verde is a is a monster and it's about to go into production. Um, it's actually the only ionic clay project anywhere in the world outside China, which is in construction and and basically commissioning. So yeah, in terms of its location, it's it made a hell of a lot of sense for us, um, and um, yeah, we're pretty excited about about the work that's been underway. Mm. Just before focusing on Blue Bush, uh, Cerro Verde, the ownership of that is now, there was a change recently, wasn't there? Yeah, that's correct. So it, it was originally discovered and, and developed by uh, Denim Capital out of the US, which is a private equity group. And I believe they sold a, a majority portion of it 
uh, last year to um, uh, a new uh, private equity group called uh, Vision Blue, um, which which is uh, associated with Semic Davis. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately it's a little bit difficult to get a lot of information about the uh, project, um, but we do, you know, we do see that it is um, getting very close to, to commercial production. And one the world's been hanging out for to reduce dependence on China, obviously. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, um, you know, it, it is quite a landmark project because it's the first ionic clay project outside of China to get into production. Um, and as you, as you'll know, the, um, you know, the ionic clays are, are, are quite yeah, a lot simpler than the hard rock rare earth projects. And I think that's, that's one of the real attractions for, uh, junior companies like us, because they're, uh, they're, they're, they're they're achievable in terms of the uh, the development and the uh, the capex, the opex. Yeah, lower capex, lower opex. Yeah. Now, uh, for my reading, what's on the ASX there, Bluebush? Uh, I think you've identified seven high priority targets. Uh, one of which uh, has uh, tasted the jaw bit, Boa Vista, and you came out with some uh, uh, early assay results there. But I understand you've got a whole heap uh, stack of results in the assay lab. And, you know, one of the things about us being a, quite an active explorer is that um, we have uh, our own little auger drill rig. Um, so in Brazil, everyone uses these handheld augers, which are slow, laborious, and expensive to use. Uh, we imported a, a rig uh, earlier in the year to, to do some regional exploration, and it's the perfect tool for exploring it at Bluebush. And as a result of that, we've ended up with, you know, 200 holes uh, in the first, uh, first month. And most of those are in the lab. Um, you know, we probably have 50, 60 holes coming out pretty soon. And, and um, yeah, it's uh, we, we put out our first set of results from Boa Vista, as, as you mentioned, um, but that was only a dozen holes. So there's, you know, 50 still in the lab. I think uh, I think there'll be you know, a bunch of results coming out very soon. Because this uh, saffron-like clay as you're drilling, you know, obviously on the surface, so you're only drilling down to what sort of depths? Yeah, we get down to averages of sort of 12 metres. Um, the, um, the, the the other projects that you would have seen around the world, the people who do use the uh, the, the handheld auger, augers, you know, they can get down to about half that, you know, five, six metres on average. Um, Sarah Verde that drilled 10,000 of these holes, their average depth was about four and a half metres, so... You know, our, our auger rig is getting deeper. Um, our deepest hole we've done to date has been about 26 metres. Uh, it's got a capacity down to 30. So, you know, we're already testing it in a much better way than the um, uh, than the traditional methods. This, uh, the mineralisation, does it, what what sort of depths does it bottom out at? Yeah, we don't know yet because uh, the deepest holes that we've drilled, um, you know, basically, basically, uh, yeah, still mineralised. So... You know, we'll once we've got our first couple of sets of results out, we'll be able to focus in on on the the higher priority areas and then chase it up with a with a diamond rig uh, or with an inner core and get something a bit deeper to get be a bit more definitive on that answer. But at this stage, you know, at this stage, the uh, yeah, it's still open at depth and certainly a long strike. And how do you um, determine what's a high priority target? Yeah, by the results. Um, at this at this stage, we have to wait for assays. Um, of course, the uh, and, and what we've done, the way that we've we've spread our drilling so far, it's been a um, a process of using the existing bush tracks that are there, um, 
which means we don't have to go and get clearance for uh, clearing lines or, or anything like that, um, which meant we were able to get on the ground very quickly. Um, and once we've got our first priority targets, then we'll we'll go and get the uh, the clearances, which are not difficult in Brazil, especially for an active group like ourselves. And then we'll be a bit more uh, pattern uh, pattern focused on the uh, on the on the drilling. A fellow ASX company, Meteoric, down south of you, is uh, uh, they were on the ground earlier and a bit more advanced, but um, they seem to be getting a lot of encouragement from the. Uh, the local uh, government and at the national level. Uh, is rare earth something in particular that Brazil is keen on? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I was with Meteoric uh, at, a, at a conference in Brasilia, uh, which is the capital of Brazil, only, uh, only a month ago. And, you know, that was a real push from the government for these critical minerals. Um, you know, things like rare earths, um, obviously lithium, nickel, uh, were also on the agenda. Um, I have seen that real encouragement um, from the government in the past, and you know we're very early days on our project. And once we're uh, once we're a bit more comfortable with what we've got, will we uh, will be talking to the to the government as well? Um, because you know the the encouragement and the support that that Meteorics receive uh, will will certainly be um, will certainly be uh, reflected in with us as well. And I think one of the real reasons is that the area that we're operating in is a is quite an impoverished um, part of part of Brazil. So there's no competing land use there. It's um, you know subsistence farming and and uh, it you know I can see the government being really uh, really keen for us to get something underway. And what do we know at this stage about the metallurgy? Have you got the um, as I think all listeners know that uh, there's only there's the magnets. Uh, rare earths that you really want. What's your mix uh, at this stage looking like? And it's a point that that we we're learning is one of the most important parts of this um, whole story of these rare earths. It's not it's not what your total number is because that's often made up of of the lower value uh, rare earths like lanthanum and cerium. Um, it's the amount of magnet rare earths that are that are the important number. And those four, which are NDPR, DY, and TB. Um, those four particular uh, elements, so to speak, are um, are quite high now in our project. In fact, we've got quite similar grades um, of DYTB to uh, to Meteoric. Um, our NDPR is probably half of theirs, but our, our DYTB, which are the most valuable, uh, are the same. So, very uh, quite a surprise, and um, I think the uh, I think the market will be will be quite happy with. Um, you know, once we start really focusing on those, on those numbers. Just looking at one of your recent presentations, I think you listed uh, DY um, at US four hundred a kilogram and Terbium TB at thirteen hundred dollars a kilogram. Where if you go back to some of those other ones, the LA and CEs, you know, they're two bucks. Two bucks. Yep, that's correct. And you know, it, it is a real revelation when you when you start looking at. Um, at a more sort of sophisticated approach to the uh, to the rare earths, because you know not only is it which in which of the elements you've got in your basket, it's also what the recovery is going to look like, and you know the recoveries can be quite variable. Um, I believe at Cerro Verde, for example, the recoveries are somewhere around forty to fifty percent, um, and that is considered good in these uh, in the market. So. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a um, quite a change from just looking at the total 
the total rare earths to be looking to focus more in on these what we're calling the magnet rare earths, which is the DYTB and the and the NDPR. I just remind the uh, listeners uh, we're talking about a six, uh, fifteen million dollar market cap. So if uh, it's not justified on Blue Wolf, then it's surely going to be justified on Palmer alone. Tell us what uh, this new this potential for opening up a new uh, VMS camp. Yeah, uh, and that's where we've we've really started shifting our attention towards. You know, we started the the company drilling and focusing on on two deposits, C one and C three. Um, these were deposits that were discovered by the Geological Survey of Brazil and explored for in the 1980s. Um, we got hold of the project and have done a whole bunch of drilling at those two deposits um, and are now about to uh, update the mineral resource estimate based upon our drilling. So expect to get um, those updated resources out into the market, hopefully in the last quarter of this year. But what's where our focus has shifted is to the opportunity to prove that this VMS is like every other VMS in the world where it, you have a cluster of deposits, not just one or two. And we're really excited about the exploration that we're, that's underway at the moment because we've got a bunch of teams on the ground doing um, a good, solid geology, backing it up with the auger geochemistry that we've been pushing out, the soils, the mapping, but geophysics as well. So we've bought our own equipment from an EM and an IP, so induced polarization and electromagnetics, and um, they're proving really valuable in our exploration push. Because if we can if we can um, make a discovery in the belt, and we've made just last month we we made a uh, what we're calling a brownfields discovery um, at C4. If we can make a uh, a couple of discoveries within the belt. Um, it really becomes a, a story for a, uh, an emerging um, copper-zinc uh, project, which I think will be really exciting. The current resource stands at 4.6 million tonnes at, uh, I think, around 1% copper, 3.9% uh, zinc. Um, and you've mentioned that uh, an updated version is coming out soon. I'm just wondering, what, what do you, would you consider to be critical mass in that part of the world for a, to have a project on your hands? Yeah, look, so... We're really thinking that about 10 million tonnes is is the right number um, to get, you know, to kick off uh, sort of scoping and, and pre-feasibility. Um, we, we've already done some some work on the metallurgy and that looks really solid. Um, and so, yeah, 10 million tonnes would be uh, would be enough. Um, and, you know, we may get there on this, this round with an update. Um, I, I think if C4 can hang together when we're, we're drilling that at the moment, then you know, we, we'll, we'll start to get pretty close to that number. I think C4 was the one where you reported a nice hit, uh, 37 metres at 1.9% copper equivalent. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, it's the first couple of holes there that we've been, um, that we've that we've got. And uh, it certainly have some uh, some more holes in the lab, which which look pretty good as well. But I think the, um, the thing about C4 is that it's, yeah, it creates that extra tonnage that can get us closer to that that critical mass. Um, but um, yeah, we're hoping to drill some new targets before the end of the year as well. Um, we found a we found something to the west of um, of C four, uh, which we uh, are, are working up to to get ready to a drill drill ready sort of status. Uh, and then we're looking at an area to the north of C three called Rubu, which is Portuguese for the vulture, uh, and we think that could that could be the uh, that could be the extension of um, of C three. So, 
yeah, a couple of exciting um, new targets that we're going to have uh, put some drilling into before the end of the year. Interesting, isn't it? If this was, uh, you know, if you're in the the, the Mount Isa in Lyre or uh, outback WA somewhere, 37 metres at 1.9% copper equivalent would uh, fire up the market, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd expect so, wouldn't you? Oh, look, I think uh, I think the market's just waiting for us to see if, if we can make that critical mass, if we can get towards a, a project that's... Um, that's that can build and you know i'm i'm so excited because you know we've got 850 square kilometers of you know potential terrain for this vms uh a footprint that big in a junior company um operating in an area that hasn't had any real modern exploration nothing systematic you know we're going to make a discovery and and um i think it'll put us on the map because you know in canada a, a terrain of this size is launched you know, dozens of companies into into the mid tier status, and and I think we just have to be patient and um, make do the do the geology and and um, you know keep uh, keep the drill bit turning. Now you've got a full plate. I made mention last time we spoke that you're you've been knocking around uh, Brazil for twenty years or so, and that sort of investment of time met a lot of people, and that was part of the reason why you came up with the blue bush opportunity. I was just wondering, uh, are there any more opportunities out there that uh, you're looking at? Oh, there's, you know, Brazil is a really big country and, you know, you would have seen in the last, I don't know, maybe in the last six months, there's been a a bunch of newcomers into the market um, and that's been fabulous for, you know, that's been fabulous in my mind. Um, There's always opportunities that we're looking for. We're, um, we're, we're kicking, kicking the tires of of different projects all the time, Um, you know, and so pretty excited about the what brazil kind of lends itself to is brazil considered friendly to the u.s would it uh, projects particularly in strategic metals battery metals they're really sitting on the fence um at the moment um certainly they're not annexed the same way as as australia or, or canada um but i i think they're tr- trying to um you know position themselves where they can be a supplier of lots of different metals to the world um you know i'm i'm I think the government should really encourage um, encourage you know, the downstream processing of these ionic clays because, or the rare earths, because it's be it's going to emerge as a um, as a really important jurisdiction for them. Um, I think if you look at um, you know if you look at Cerro Verde as, as the number one ionic clay project in the world, and you know you would suggest that perhaps something like uh, Meteoric wouldn't be far behind. Um, there are a couple of other projects which are emerging as having massive tonnage and real opportunity, and so I think there's a, um, you know, there's a Brazil could quickly emerge as the most important um, jurisdiction for the iron and clay rare earths in the world. Now, uh, pay you off for cash to uh, keep this active program ticking along. On the back of the, um, the back of the, the the new project that we we came out with, we raised five million bucks in June, so we're okay with cash, and um, you know we're. We've got a, a, a big team in Brazil, always out on the ground, um, mapping and, and soil sampling. But because we've invested in our own equipment, um, you know, the ongoing costs, so we're not paying consultants or, or contractors to do much. Um, the only thing that we really spend on is, um, is diamond drilling. So we're, uh, we're okay and we're certainly moving projects forward at a pretty rapid pace. Mm, okay. I've noticed some uh, moves on the share register. Uh, unusual for a junior. You're, um, apart from the board, having skin in the game, close to 18% or so. 
you it's uh, studded with some uh, heavyweight institutional types. I've been so um, proud of our um, you know really heavy register in the sense that there's 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 four plus five percenters. I shouldn't say um, the well is plus five; they're four point nine nine. Um, but they're all resources uh, institutions. So guys that actually or groups that actually invest directly into um, into juniors and to um, you know, emerging mineral systems. So I'm uh, I'm super proud of that. Um, you know, Strata has has recently come on board um, to be plus five percent, and they're um you know they're a they're a group that's been uh, bought most of their stock on market. So. That's been really pleasing. I think you said extrata then. Did you mean just strata? Or just strata. It? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, great, Rob. Now, uh, I think it's always a good idea if we can just finish up giving investors a few uh, milestones they should be looking out for in the next six months or so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a full plate, as you said. We're, um, we've got uh, drill results, first of all, coming out from, uh, from Bluebush. Um, all that auger work that we did in, in, it should be due out in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, and of course, we've we've done some testing for um, the ionic clay properties of those of those, some of those samples as well. So they're two really key pieces for us, um, and hopefully for the investors as well, which will be out shortly. Um, and then at, at Parma on the VMS, we've got uh, results coming in through from from C4. Uh, we've got some metallurgy to come through from C1 and C3, and then of course we've got the resource update, um, which um, which will be coming out in. U4. I think the only other piece of information that's really exciting about um, about the VMS is uh, hopefully drilling a couple of new targets. Um, as I mentioned, Udubu and um, and C4 West uh, seem to be at the top of the pile at the moment. So yeah, plenty of plenty of things happening. All right, there you go, folks. And I'll just mention it again: all inside a currently market cap of 15 million. So plenty of leverage to uh, ongoing exploration success and upside across both rare earths and. Um, the critical metals, um, you know, copper, zinc, uh, they've always been metals, but now they're critical, of course. <laughs> That's right. Good luck with it, Rob. Uh, we'll be watching with interest. Brilliant. Thank you, Barry. And yeah, always love listening to your, the Aussie Garrett Barrow. Yeah. <laughs>